Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Attention passengers, we are now making our final descent into Oklahoma City. The current local time in Oklahoma City is 10.15. Please notice that the, the pilot has the fastened seatbelt sign on. Sit back and relax, we'll be landing soon. You know as well as I know what happens before. It happens everywhere I ever go on a, on a plane. When they make the announcement that you are about to arrive, everybody in the plane, before you ever get to the the jetway, what do they do? They unfasten their seatbelts, they gather all their stuff, they jump up and they stampede to the front of the plane trying to get off quicker than everybody else. Have you ever noticed that the last few minutes, the last few miles of a journey seem to take the longest, right? We're almost there and if we're not careful what happens is that as, as we long for that final destination that we call Easter, we're two weeks from Easter, if we're not careful, what happens is on this journey that we've been taking, we will blow right past all the important moments and stops that lead to Easter because Easter is our focus. And so we're attempting to pause and reflect on the road that led Jesus to, the, to an empty tomb. We're going to get there. Attention passengers, we're almost there. Don't unbuckle your seatbelt. Don't exit the plane too quickly. We will get there, but there are some stops along the way. We've been stopping together. So we said that uh, a few weeks ago now, this would be four weeks ago, we said that on the Sunday leading up to Easter, Jesus made his triumphal entry. Everybody ought to have your card. You can fill that in. On Sunday was his triumphal entry. Then we said on Monday that Jesus cleansed the temple. What has Jesus removed out of your life that you've allowed the enemy to reestablish in your life? He cleansed the temple. He wants to get rid of that stuff. Then on Tuesday, we said that he handed out hope. He starts talking about his worst days, then makes a jump to our worst days and said, I'm coming back. We have a hope. We should be the most hopeful people on the planet, anticipating his return, looking for his return. We don't duck our heads. We don't lose our heart because we know Jesus is coming back. That's what he did on Tuesday. You say, well, Steve, there's no Wednesday. That's because we don't know what he did on Wednesday. I think he rested on Wednesday, knowing what he was going to face on Thursday and Friday. I think he took a break, and he, he rested and refreshed. And so there's no Wednesday. On Thursday, we said this last week, that Jesus communes with his closest followers, his disciples. We gain and, and we grab courage as we commune together. But now it's Friday. Jesus um, has dreaded this moment. I can prove it because in the garden we see the dread come upon him. He literally in the garden, he says, Father, if there's any other way, if you can come up with some other plan, I know this has been the plan, but I don't like this plan. This plan's going to hurt. Ever been there? I, I don't like what you've got planned for me, but, but could you find another way? And they come to this agreement that this is the way. But it wasn't without price. The Bible says that Jesus uh, was so filled with dread and concern and care and the weight of the sins of the world started weighing on him that the Bible declares that his sweat become like great drops of blood. 
It's the fulfillment of prophecy in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 12, which says his appearance was beyond recognition as being a man. He comes out of the garden as a bloody mess. Judas betrays him with a final kiss. Peter's denied him. That's all over now. It's Friday. And, and, and now there's, there's these, uh, these fake trials that take place. Repeated opportunities for the religious leaders to recognize Jesus as who he really was. The Messiah, the Son of God. And they, they dismiss every opportunity. In fact, the Bible tells us that there's this opportunity they have. And instead of accepting Jesus, they accept Barabbas. Give us Barabbas instead of Jesus. It's Friday. It's Friday. The, 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 the Jesus has been crowned with thorns. He's had the healing stripes viciously applied to his back. He's carried his heavy cross beam to the site that we call Golgotha. And all of this happens before 9 a.m. And we call this day, this cracks me up almost if it wasn't, wasn't so painful to even say, we call Friday Good Friday. Good Friday. Watch this. See how good it was for Jesus. <laughs> We call it Good Friday. Good, good for us? Absolutely. Good for Jesus? Not so much. This is what happened. Here is, here is the schedule that took place, if you will. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Jesus was put on trial before the high priest from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Jesus is paraded before Pilate. Then he's sent to Herod. Then he's sent back to Pilate. He is sentenced to death by crucifixion. At 8 a.m., from 8 to 8.30, he is dragging his crossbeam to Golgotha with the help of Simon of Cyrene. He's able to finally make it there. At 9 a.m., they crucify him. From 9 to 9.30, the soldiers divide Jesus' clothing at the foot of his cross. And check this out. He prays for them. <laughs> They're dividing his clothes at his, the foot of his cross, and he prays for them. We can't even pray for people that cut us off in traffic. But he prays for them. 
9.30 to 11, the soldiers watch over the crucifixion and they begin to mock Jesus. He can't save himself. Come down from there, son of God. 11 to noon, Jesus speaks from the cross to the thieves on either side and then he looks down at his mother and he speaks to her and to John and he says, woman, here's your son. John, here's your mother. I just wonder, just to stop, side note, I wonder if Jesus could trust you with his mother. At noon, there's a three-hour darkness that descends upon the land. From noon to 3 p.m., there's a lot that takes place. The earthquakes, the temple curtain is torn, and Jesus thirsts, but he refuses to take a drink of the, the wine mixed with gall because that was a painkiller. It would have numbed his senses, and he refuses it even though he's thirsty because he was determined to feel everything we feel. At 3 p.m., Jesus dies. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus says, It is finished, and he gives up his spirit. Good Friday? For us, yes. On Friday, you would think that what we would do is we'd take this little card, and on Friday, you would think we would write the word crucified. It's the highlight of the day. It's the highlight of history. It is the singular act of complete and total surrender and submission that is accepted by the Father as the ultimate sacrifice for every sin that has ever been committed or ever will be committed. You would think we would write down crucified. It's His cross that makes it possible for us to find life. If it wasn't for what he did on his cross on Friday, there would be no hope for us to celebrate on Easter Sunday because the Bible says it's written, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We cannot preach a bloodless gospel because it is his blood that satisfies the, the, the need for a sacrifice. So I have to sing like we used to sing. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm responsible for his cross. I'm humbled by his cross. I am thankful for his cross. It was his blood shed on the cross that causes the veil of separation to be torn in that temple so that I could have access to the Father. Separation is separated for us. So you would think that we would write down crucified. But we've been trying to slow down. It's not that that the most important moment of Friday is not his death. It is by far the most important thing that happens on Friday. His death is most important. But today we're trying to slow down on this road so that we take notice of important moments that have implication and application for us that because we become so familiar with the scene, we rush right past. It's not that I don't want you to notice that he died. It's that I want you to notice a moment that takes place while he's dying. It's found in Luke chapter 23. It's beginning in verse 39. It says, one of the criminals hanging alongside of him cursed him. Some Messiah you are. Save yourself. Save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, listen, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. 
Jesus said, don't worry, I will. Today, you will join me in paradise. I want you to take your card, and in the Friday slot, I just want you to write one word, remember. Remember. Two hours into crucifixion, all energy draining out of his body. He's endured unfathomable, unfathomable pain. We can't even imagine the death. Crucifixion had been devised as the most gruesome, cruelest way to kill someone. He's endured all that for two hours. His energy is finally about to leave. He's, he's running out of breath. Every breath is a struggle. He literally has to take all of his strength and against the cross beam and the, the splinters of that cross, he has his bruised and beaten back. He has to push down with all of his might on the nail in his feet and push himself up so that his lungs can expand and he can grab a breath two hours into that. All of his strength gone. Final rejection is weighing down on his soul. The sins of the world are being carried by his shoulders. He, he, he's feeling all of that and he remembers. Can I be honest with you this morning? I don't like the fact that Jesus remembered this guy hanging next to him. I am not comfortable with the idea that Jesus, in the middle of all this pain, in the middle of all this, this gruesome brutality that he's endured, takes the time with his last vestige of energy and remembers a criminal who's guilty, who deserves what he's getting. I don't like it. In fact, when I reread this passage, what I really want to do, I had to catch myself in my own house as I reread this passage again. I wanted to scream out at the top of my lungs, Jesus, don't waste your breath. Don't give him another thought, Jesus. Instead, Jesus, you've only got 60 minutes left on the planet. You've only got a little bit of energy, a little bit of time left. Could, could you possibly, Jesus, could you save that? Don't talk to him. Couldn't you just take the final moments of your life and say something profound to us? What I want to submit to you this morning is that when Jesus turns and looks at this criminal hanging on the side of him and he remembers him that he does, in fact, speak one of the most profound statements that he will speak from the cross and one of the most profound things that he will ever say about us. Jesus' ability to remember needs to be remembered. He hasn't forgotten us. You missed it. The reason that his declaration to this criminal hanging there is so profound to us is because it should remind those of us that have read the crucifixion scene, watched the crucifixion scene, been told the crucifixion so long that now we don't even notice this part anymore. It should remind us that he is remembering us. I want you to notice that we made these choices in the middle of our most painful moments we should be forgotten. We can't, we can't do anything about this. We can't fix this. We cannot correct this. There is nothing we can do. And yet he remembers us. In the middle of the moment where you feel like you're taking your last breath, he remembers us. Even Listen, even when you can't muster the strength 
to serve, even when you can't muster the strength to worship, even when you can't muster the energy to pray, even when you can't do any of that, the truth from the cross today is this. He still remembers us. He remembers us. When you think you're too far gone, he remembers us. This guy on this cross that, that cries out to Jesus couldn't do anything to act like a Christian. He, he didn't get baptized. He didn't join a church. He didn't get attendance pins. He didn't go to Sunday school. He didn't memorize scripture. He didn't do any of that. He simply cries out to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says, I will remember you. And I'm telling you today that that should help us today because I need to reflect on the fact that Jesus remembers me even when I deserve the consequences of my own choices. He remembers me. Crucifixion. Crucifixion does this. It, it lifts the burden of our sin. I, I don't know about you this morning, but I am thankful that Jesus went to the cross. The Bible says that a perfect sacrifice was required. Jesus went to the cross. I am thankful that crucifixion lifts the burdens of my sins. But can I tell you this morning, his ability to remember us lifts the burdens of perfection. That may not help some of you, but for the guy holding this microphone that is a perfectionist by nature, who is a type A driven person that's got to get it all right, that has to perform, that judges himself harshly by whether he performs correctly or not, can I tell you that I'm thankful that Jesus not only makes allowances for my sins, but he also lifts the burden of perfection in my life. His ability to remember us lifts the crushing weight of earning righteousness. His ability to remember helps us to remember that salvation is not obtained by works lest any man should boast. If we could earn our way to salvation, if I could work my way into right standing with God, I would take a microphone and I would be the first to stand up here. I would grab the microphone. I would wrestle it away from you and say, this is what I did. I earned it. Give me my reward. I made this happen. Put my name on the placard because I'm the one that accomplished this. But I want you to understand this morning that I could not do anything to earn righteousness and because Jesus remembers me it lifts that burden yeah, his ability to remember shakes loose the chains of living up to a level of goodness to get his attention and to get his acceptance the simple statement that he remembers this guy I will remember you that simple statement is literally the death of effort it, it is literally the death sentence of works. It is literally the death sentence of earning it. Jesus remembers a criminal that could do nothing to be saved except one thing. You know what he could do? Believe. That's the only thing that he could do to make this adjustment in his walk with the Father and earn righteousness, get righteousness, was to believe. He didn't have to serve at Passion Church. He didn't have to wear the right T-shirts. He didn't have to have a bumper sticker. He didn't have to have a cross around his neck. He just simply had to put his faith in Jesus, and that ought to release some of you from the burden and the weight of I'm trying to make this on my own, and i got to figure this out, and once I'm good enough, and once I'm worthy enough and once I'm holy enough and all he's asking you to do is simply this believe the good news of the cross is not that he that not just that he saves us the good news of the cross 
that we need to slow down long enough to celebrate is his ability to see us. I think so many of us, perhaps too many of us who have viewed crucifixion so many times, we only focus on his salvation and we fail to focus on his memory. He remembers us. Let me say it like this. This is going to rock some of your word a little bit because you don't think God even knows where you are. But let me just tell you this morning that Jesus is mindful of you. You are constantly on his mind. He is constantly thinking about you. In fact, the word declares that he's constantly praying for you. I'm glad your grandmama prayed for you. I'm glad your aunt prayed for you. I'm glad your uncle prayed for you. But I am most thankful this morning that Jesus is on the throne constantly praying for me. If he's praying for me, then I recognize he remembers me and he's mindful of me. He remembers me. Rest easy today. He remembers you. You can rest in his ability to remember you. You may ask, well, Steve, why, why is that so important? I don't understand. What's the big deal? I, I think his salvation is probably the most important it is. But why is this so important? Why, why, why are you spending time? Why, do, why could we write down crucifixion or crucified instead of remembers? Why is it so important for us to stop and think about his ability to remember us? I don't understand. Why is this so important? I want you to notice something. I want you to go back to the scene one more time. I want you to see something that we blow right, right past. We've already got our seatbelt unbuckled. We're about to exit the scene thinking about what Jesus did on the cross, and we miss it totally. Slow down. Slow down. I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't rescue this man. I want you to notice that he doesn't miraculously intervene so, so that this man is taken out of his situation. I don't want you to get it twisted. Jesus is who he said he was. He was the son of the living God. He has all power, all authority in his hands and in his voice. Water obeys him. Death obeys him. All it would have taken was for Jesus to utter one. Oh, he didn't even have to say anything. He could just nod his thorn-crowned head and angels would have poured out of the, the unseen world into the seen world and they would have taken that criminal and they would have pulled him off of the cross. They would have broken the nails holding him there like toothpicks. But I want you to notice that doesn't happen. That does not happen. And because it doesn't happen, it teaches us a truth that we don't like. I wish I could stand up here this morning. It, it sounds good to us to, to hear that Jesus remembers us, and I want you to get that. But, but, but there are truths that we're taught from the cross that we don't like. Here it is right here, whether you like it or not. Even if we aren't rescued, we are remembered. We need to know that because here's the truth. We don't think that's important, but it's important. Here's why it's so important. When we embrace this truth, we discover that we can endure the cross of consequences. See, most of us, we want to run to Jesus as a get-out-of-jail-free card. I spent my way into bankruptcy in two months. I need you to rescue me from that in two days. 
I'm preaching right now. Y'all looking at me. I, I, I made bad choices about what I put into my body, and now I'm suffering the consequences, so I'm going to run to you, Jesus, and anticipate that you're going to rescue. He might, but he might not. Ooh, I'm preaching, and y'all not liking me right now. I've discovered that when I realize that he remembers me, I can endure the cross of my consequences. I have discovered that when I remember that Jesus remembers me, I can endure sickness. Well, I thought by his stripes we are healed. We are, but haven't you still gotten sick at times? He didn't rescue you. You still went to, okay. We can endure suffering. Cracks me up. We love to sing about suffering. We just don't like to endure suffering. Sounds good in the songs. We'll rhyme it. Right? I don't know what, what's, what, what rhymes with suffering. Buffering. Jesus, I, I'm thankful for my suffering because you're my buffering. I don't know. I'm writing songs right now. It don't make any sense. We like to sing about it, but we don't like to endure it. But I've discovered something. I can endure suffering when I remember that he remembers me. Because when I remember that he remembers me, then I recognize I'm not all by myself. He's with me. He's he's for me. We need to remember that he remembers us, that he sees us, that he's with us. The, The criminal makes a simple request, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom and I want you to notice, because we fly right by it. He says, Lord, remember me. That is why we push you to do more than just accept Jesus as your Savior. It is imperative that you take another step after he forgives you of your sins and you've claimed him as your Savior, you must make him Lord because it is only those people who make Jesus Lord who are willing to stay on the cross and rest in the fact that Jesus hasn't forgotten me, that he remembers me. Because if you've only accepted Jesus as your Savior, if Jesus doesn't rescue you, then you will get angry. Because you were my escape clause. But when I've come to this place in my life where I'm calling you Lord, then I can stay on the cross and I can accept your choices more than my preferences. You missed it. Some of us will only follow Jesus as long as he lives up to our preferences. It is those of those of us in the room who have elevated our relationship with him to where we've called him, made him like this criminal Lord, that now Jesus, if you don't do another thing for me, you don't have to heal me, you don't have to put money in my bank account, you don't have to bless me one more day, you don't have to make everything turn up roses, you don't have to make my life a cakewalk, I will still follow you because you're my Lord you don't have to rescue me I would like for you to but what if the answer is no what if the answer is you need to go through this what if the answer is hey I suffered how about fellowshipping with me in my suffering 
we want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Very few of us have come to this place where we will call him Lord so that we will fellowship with him in his sufferings. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so I, I see this play out. I, I hear it. I hear it. It, I, it probably didn't happen just like this, but I hear it. it Lord, this criminal, he's guilty. He's a thief. His face is swollen. His eyes are dark and bruised, and his vision is blurred. Every breath is now a struggle. These are probably some of the last words that he will ever utter on this planet. He suffers, he, 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 he grabs all of his strength and he struggles, but the tone of his voice has changed. It catches Jesus' attention. And he says, Lord, I just got one thing to ask you. Is it possible I mean, I, I haven't been to church since I was eight. I haven't watched TBN in years. I haven't given any money in the offering. I haven't tithed Jesus. I've held grudges. I cussed the person out that cut me off. I drank too much. I ate too much. I gossiped too much. But is it possible that when you win this fight and you come into your kingdom, would it be possible for you to remember me? I know it's not written like this, but I think I can hear Jesus' response. I think this was his response. Remember you? How could I forget you? Remember you? How could I possibly forget you? You are the first of my salvation, the first fruits of my salvation. You are my first conquest over death. You are, above all others, are the first evidence of my redemption. How could I possibly forget you? Steve, you don't know my life. I know I clean up good on a Sunday now, but you don't know who I am the rest of the week. How could he forget you? Steve, you don't know what I'm going through, the pain, the choices, the consequences. You don't understand. I've messed it all up. How could he forget you? Everything he did on Friday, he did it for you. Because in his mind, he's working all the way backwards, all the way forwards until now on March the 26th, 2023, sitting in a little church in Bethany, Oklahoma, feeling forgotten, looked over, messed up your whole life. He looks forward. And when out of your spirit, you look around and you see everybody worshiping and going, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know where I am. He doesn't know what I've done. He's forgotten all about me. He, from his cross, he's looking at you and he's going, I will remember you. 
Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Jesus responds, don't worry, I will. I submit to you this morning that this exchange gives us a glimpse into the ultimate depth of grace. Because this man couldn't fix what he had done wrong. But Jesus remembers him. Jesus cannot and will not forget you. He gave his life for you. He is mindful of you at every moment. Remember you. How could he possibly forget you? I just want to challenge you this morning. Some of you have learned to trust his blood. I am challenging you this morning to learn to not only trust, but rest in his memory. You don't have to do anything. You cannot earn this. You will never make it right. You will never be good enough, but he will remember you. We should rest in that this morning. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I'm praying that you would allow this truth to penetrate the depths of our spirit, the depths of our heart right now. God, there are folks in this room right now, watching online right now, who've done some things they wish they could undo, but they can't. There are folks in this room some of them standing on this stage that have done things in their past that they wish they could make right. But it's water under the bridge. There's nothing we can do about it. The words cannot be taken back. The attitudes couldn't, cannot be changed for back then. And because of that, some of us are enduring pain and enduring consequences. And this morning, what I would like to ask you to do is I make the simple request that this criminal on your side made, would you please remember us? Would you allow an exchange to take place deep down inside of us where we recognize that you've not only saved us, you see us, that you're mindful of us, Remember us. Remember us. Let us rest in your ability to remember us. I pray that all the effort and all the work and all the pursuit of perfection and the weight that that carries in our life all the drivenness in our life would be cast aside this morning as we put all of our trust in your memory. You can't forget us. Help us today, I pray, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. You're here this morning, you say, Steve, I've made some really bad decisions or... I am now suffering the consequences of choices I've made. And the truth is, this morning, Steve, I feel forgotten. I don't think anybody really even knows what I'm going through. Nobody really cares. 
and I feel forgotten. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, pull it right back down. We are not going to, yeah, that's what I thought. Father, you saw every hand that went up. Jesus, would you just look at them in this moment? I pray that it would, it would be so tangible, so real. That those of us that raised our hands would literally sense you gazing at us, Jesus, in this moment. And we would hear you say, I can't forget you. You're on my mind all the time. I think about you constantly. I remember you. God, we recognize that that's not a guarantee you'll rescue us. But we elevate you now, Jesus, because you've seen us and you remember us. We elevate you to Lord. And I pray that the fact that you see us and remember us would fill our soul with strength today. And we would be able to endure whatever it is we need to endure, knowing that we are in right standing with not only you, but with our Father. That you are watching over us, that you are now, you're just as much Emmanuel on the cross as you were when you were born. You're God with us. You see us. Put our trust in your memory of us. May that produce strength that carries past consequences and choices. And may it lead us to relationship with you at a deeper level. Become our Lord today. We thank you not only for your saving grace. I thank you for your seeing grace the depth of grace that we cannot earn. We thank you for seeing us today. We give you praise for what you're accomplishing in our lives. Thank you for your memory today, Jesus. And everybody said amen. Would you do this with me? Would you just touch your neighbor right now, look them square in the eye, and just say this, he remembers you. Come on, tell him, he remembers you. Don't say it like you would say it. Uh, let Jesus talk through you. He remembers. Come on, tell your other neighbor, he remembers you. Find strength in that today. Come on, Deb, if you will, and close this out. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.